Hi there, and thanks for joining us on this week's Red Business, a quality Cork coffee, the new firm helping others scale their technology, hidden hearings history on Side, and an award winner. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. My next guest owns a coffee company, uh, which, you know, has been a very important staple, not just in the last 12 months, but throughout most of our listeners' lives. But the good news is the type of coffee he sells is now available to a wider audience. Alex Bruce of Soma Coffee Company. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Jonathan. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, You have just secured a big deal with Lidl. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the type of coffee you're going to be selling there. Yeah, it's great. We're delighted to be uh, working with them. Um, it's kind of a, a, an initiative they're doing at the moment with some local coffee producers, which is great for the for the industry. Um, and we're going to be selling them uh, a single origin Brazilian coffee, um, which we find to be kind of our most popular um, in the in our cafes in Cork. Um, so it's going to be a, a single origin Brazilian, naturally processed. Um, we're not compromising on quality at all. Um, it's the same as what we were serving in our in our shops. This now this coffee is now exclusively for Lidl, um, but prior to that, it was something that we served ourselves. So you know we're we're keeping the standards high, and that's that's kind of what we do and how we want to stay. I'm a bit of a philistine when it comes to coffee. So what's so special about this blend? Uh, so basically, it's 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 all from you know it's all direct trade. So we can we can source it right back to the root of the farmer. We know the farmer's name, who picked it, when it was picked. It's all you know directly traceable uh, back to them. It's all roasted. Freshly on our geese and coffee roaster, uh, which is from Holland, and um, we roast that in batches of at the moment six kilos, but we're going to be upgrading that to a twenty-five kilo roaster um, in the coming months, um, and that's all roasted fresh, ground straight away, straight into bags. Um, it's kind of a medium roast coffee as well, so we're not, we're not over roasting the coffee. A lot of people kind of when you hear dark roast, you think it's stronger, but you're actually kind of overcooking the coffee and you're losing its kind of natural nuances in that process. Okay. So it's kind of how, how much of an advantage has it been, Alex, that a lot of people bought coffee machines in the last 12 months? I remember speaking to an electrical retailer recently who told me that it was kind of after the first lockdown, everyone realised, well, I'm not going anywhere for a while. I might as well buy a decent coffee machine. Has that helped you? A hundred percent, yeah. We kind of launched our online store just before COVID hit. So we were very lucky in that regard. Um, and so our, our online sales of beans and ground coffee and machines, as you said, th- uh, grew massively. And without that, we wouldn't have been able to survive, I don't think, you know. So it was a great, great help. Um, and that's still going to this day um, since we reopened. So, uh, And you have reopened, of course. Uh, what have the last few days been like? Because obviously you are allowed have seating outdoors, more seating outdoors. People can can linger a little bit uh, as opposed to taking the coffee and running. Uh, what has it meant for the, the teams in the stores and, and are customers delighted to see you back? Of course, like we've been doing takeaway since the last kind of year, you know, year and a half we've been doing takeaway, but we've got more seating now. And um, so we've got a bit more staff, you know, um, typical Irish weather though, you know, we were allowed to sit outside and it starts raining. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we have to combat that, but uh, we'll figure that out. But it's great. People sure that the, the t- town is buzzing um, and it's great that people can sit down and enjoy a coffee with their friends or, you know, just catch up with people. So it's a nice mm. thing to be able to offer. Now, 
you've got a couple of stores around the place and, and it's it's part of evolution, isn't it, that you have to respond to consumer demand. Are you expecting now, and we heard this week about offices maybe coming back a little bit more in August, are you expecting there to be this bit of a lift as we move into the third quarter of the year? Well, 100%, yeah. yeah. We actually supply coffee to um, uh, to the, the Facebook subsidiary office in Cork as well. So they kind of have our coffee in their offices as well, which is kind of great. But uh, a lot of them come down as well to, to kind of get it from our store, which is just across the road. But there's definitely going to be a big uh, a big push that week as well, for sure. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Um, and, and I suppose, finally, we, we have talked about the evolving world of coffee. What is a Geisha coffee and, and why will that be the next big thing? Uh, so we're going to be releasing that this summer. So it's, it's a very rare strand of coffee that um, it's a very low yielding uh, plant uh, or variety of plant of the coffee. Uh, plant and um, so it, it's quite expensive and um, hard to farm and um, it's very unique in its kind of flavor profile so let's say now the coffee for little the, this geisha coffee probably costs about 20 times the, the amount and um, so it's just a bit of a you know it's something to talk about it's something to get a buzz going um, and it's exciting it's exciting for us as, as it is to, to, to market it so um, are you is, is this the kind of the wagyu beef of coffee is that what you're pitching here <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. That's kind of what we're what we're at next. So that'll be coming on kind of limited edition, hopefully by the end of the summer. That's something that we'll be launching. Um, which did you have to take out a small mortgage to pay for it, or is it going to be reasonable? It's <laughs> no, it'll be reasonable for the consumer. It's not. It's not really something that we're going to make profit on. It's more something to do to kind of make it available to people to try and you know, including ourselves. You know, so it's less of the of a profit thing is more of a marketing thing, I guess. Well, if people can't get into the Soma Coffee Company outlets, uh, two of which are in Cork, uh, you can get to your local Lidl where you'll be, be able to taste uh, some of the finest coffee available on the market at Roasted Here, grown elsewhere, but, you know, there's a little bit of Cork, which is all we need. Alex Bruce, Managing Director and Co-Founder of Soma Coffee Company. Thanks so much for joining us, Alex. Jonathan, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork. Now, my next guest is with customer management firm Autonomy, who might sound like they're new kids on the block, but it's a product that's been in the making for some time. Hilary O'Shea is the co-founder and the chief corporate officer. Uh, Hilary, how are you? I'm great, Jonathan. Lovely to talk to you today. And lovely to talk to you as well. Tell us a little bit about Autonomy and what you guys do. Well, Autonomy, uh, we are a customer management partner and we deliver growth and technology solutions to fast scaling businesses. So effectively, we're in the outsourcing space. Um, Autonomy is a new brand. Uh, We have a startup mentality, but you're right in saying um, we have a long um, history behind us. So Autonomy, the company was conceived during the pandemic um, it was started by Aidan and I, and we had an ambition to do something different in the outsourcing space. Um, I suppose the background is that Aidan uh, had been a managing director in Voxbro from 2014 to 2019, and he had lived through the outsourcing model. And I suppose he had uh, discovered that maybe that model was broken. Um, it was very hard to attract talent. Uh, there was a lot of difficulties bringing um, br- bringing employees over uh, multilingual multilingual language skills uh, over to Cork, and uh, we wanted to create something different for our employees and our clients. 
Yeah, so it's communicating with customers, uh, which is a very hard thing to do because the customer expectation hasn't really changed over the years, but the way in which companies interact has. You have a cloud-based platform. So a lot of what you're doing is helping these customers, your client customers, engage with their customers in a way that feels meaningful, I'm presuming. So we cover customer management. Uh, We cover voice, email, SMS, social channels, omni-channels. We also cover lead generation. So we help our customers to manage their, their customers and also to grow their client base. And then we have a technical or product support. Um, So our customers would be early stage tech companies, um, the likes of Sisu, Pat Phelan's Aesthetic Clinic, uh, Vromo, uh, the restaurant app. Um, We have Horizon 8, which has an excellent AML app, Validate Me. Uh, We also have Zap, which is a subsidiary of Johnson Controls. Um, And so we, Autonomy, would identify a particular market that other larger BPOs will not partner with. So they are the the early stage scaling companies, um, not only startups, but companies who are on a growth trajectory themselves. Mm. And we so you're kind of, you're, you're, yeah, you're getting in at the ground level with these guys then, because what, what they are is they're expanding fast. They might not necessarily have everything in-house that they need, but you guys have a skill set from, from your previous experience of, of we know what you want, here's how it's going to work, and this is what you effectively plug into. And when you think of the team behind Autonomy, we've really built out our, our team. So we were joined recently by Brendan Ring as our chief people officer, um, ex-TELUS International, and Ralph Rafal Jakovsky, who is, who is our um, CTO, also ex-TELUS International. And if you look at that team, the Autonomy team have actually worked with the, the world's most iconic tech brands. And if you look at where Airbnb started, it was once a small company. Company and uh, and and it's grew into into a you know the most iconic brand in the world. So when we look at our clients, they are on a growth trajectory, and they may have come to the point where they need to focus on their core product, and suddenly they have. I suppose, um, you know, a, a difficulty or a they, they need a partner to manage their their customers, to manage their growth, to manage their technical support. And that's where autonomy steps mm. in as their partner. OK, I, I, what I like about the story is that we, we've seen this lovely little startup culture emerging Cork and Foreign direct investment is fantastic and it's great to see so many big names coming to Cork and setting up here and having their European headquarters. But what's changed, Hillary, is we've seen companies establish here and grow from here. And in fact, yours is an example of that because not only are you guys growing in Cork, you're now growing in Europe as well. So it's it's not all about inward investment anymore. We're now looking at companies that are investing outwardly. Absolutely. Well, I suppose as part of the, the two step um, you know, process to create autonomy, Aidan and I purchased a company in October from Dan and Linda Kiley called Shock Voice. And then the second part of that is we rebranded that company as autonomy and built out the, the top team. So we currently have 55 employees in Ireland and the UK. Um, we've received backing from Enterprise Ireland and, and we intend to grow and scale in Ireland. But we are also looking 
uh, to grow further afield. And we have just established or in the process of establishing a subsidiary in Portugal to, I suppose, uh, tap into the multilingual talent there. But the reason that our offering might be slightly different is that we offer autonomy to our employees and also to our customers in that we are going to continue as a work from home company. And so instead of the previous model, which I mentioned earlier on of bringing multilingual talent into Cork and Dublin and finding that we don't have places, you know, for, for, for those people to rent, we are actually going to hire in their own country. Um, so we have huge amount of skills in Ireland and software development and, and also our culture. We, we are very service driven. We do that well and we've proven that and we'll continue to do that. And I suppose Autonomy would, is positioning itself as, a, as, a, as an international company. Um, culture is huge for us. Um, we, we, you know, we believe that if we look after our own employees, uh, our customers will, will love a company when the employees love it first. So that's our aim to, to give autonomy to, to employees and to clients in a, in okay. a geo-friendly model. Well, it sounds like a really great idea um, and you're hitting the market probably at the best possible time as, as the world starts to look forward as opposed to look backward uh, for the first time in a long time. But Hilary O'Shea, co-founder of Autonomy with your husband, Aidan O'Shea, thank you so much for joining us. The best of luck to both of you. Thank you, Jonathan. The only show in town for Cork Business, Red Business. Now, regular listeners to the podcast will remember a recent interview about the Network Ireland Cork Business Awards, and I'm delighted to be joined by the Network Ireland Cork Business Woman of the Year, Tara Shine, co-founder of Change by Degrees. How are you? Thank you. Well, I'm great. It's a uh... It's lovely to be reminded one week on of 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 the award and winning it, and uh, yeah, the great surprise and great honour that it is. Well, of course, you didn't just win the Business Woman of the Year award, which is the overall accolade. You also won the award for STEM Businesswoman. So you were kind of cleaning up on the night, weren't you? Well, yeah, well, I, I knew at least that I was a finalist in the STEM category, and there there were three of us finalists in that. So you're, you know, you know, you have some kind of a chance for that one. But I have to say then for the overall businesswoman of the year, I was sitting back as an observer ready to congratulate whoever won. And I was most surprised to hear my own name. So um, (laughs) And and on a Zoom call as well, so people could actually physically see the surprise, which is always great. Um, (laughs) Come here, you you might tell everybody what Change by Degrees does. Yeah. So Change by Degrees is a business based in Kinsale here in Cork, and we're a sustainability business. So We give advice to organizations, uh, big and small, private, public sector, community based on sustainability. So we do everything from helping you develop a sustainability strategy if you're if you're a business to um, engaging your employees, because no point in having a sustainability strategy sitting on a shelf or that just exists on your website. If all your employees don't know what their role is in delivering it, they're not proud of it, if they're not able to talk about it. And we also work a lot on sustainability and climate communications, uh, both internally and within organizations that are trying to engage their staff around their, you know, perhaps like big new commitments about being a net zero business. But, you know, most staff don't understand what that means. And also external comms, so helping to market authentically your business if you are doing something or trying to do things more sustainably. So that's what Uh, we do, yeah. has it become a little trickier in the last 12, 14 months when people have been somewhat distracted, if I can put it that way? 
Yeah, no. So I have to say our first reaction when the pandemic hit in 2020 was, oh, no, we're goosed. Uh, or a small two years old uh, company we were at that stage. And we thought nobody's going to have any money to hire us ever again. Sugar, what are we going to do? So we did an awful lot of uh, trying to help people in the first instance, um, doing webinars around resilience and how sustainability helps you to be a more resilient company, that type of thing. And then a few months into the pandemic, things really picked up again. And now we're busier than we have ever been. And I think it's just sustainability is one of those issues. It's time has come. We're finally, you know, recognizing the threats posed to us as humanity, as a business community, um, as communities from climate change, biodiversity loss. And I think we're starting to see enough good reasons to do something about it, to um, be ready to kind of invest money in expertise and skills to do a good job at it. Is the timing really good, uh and lockdown has helped with this. We, we've connected a lot more with our surroundings. So, you know, we've the legs walked off ourselves. We, we are more conscious than we were before of our surroundings, the, the animals we share the space with. We're spending less time in our cars, less time commuting. I mean, you could strike while the iron is hot here and, and finally make the impact that we need for our country to become more sustainable. Yeah, so it's all a question of how people have internalised that kind of element of quality of life. Um, and how much we're able to hold on to it or how much we get sucked back into doing things the way we used to do them. So I hope we can hang on to some of the good things because it is really about quality of life. It's about quality of work. Um, And I think what we'll find that the lasting impact of the pandemic will be will be on those kind of values and on what we value. And that will translate its way into business because the CEOs, HR managers, people working in marketing operations facilities will say, well, there, there has to be a better way of doing these things. So, so things like the, the move to uh, more remote working or a hybrid model of remote and office working, I think are very definitely here to stay. And that means that there's ways to reduce the carbon footprint of your business when you don't have people commuting, you know, two hours to get to you. But you can also then um, look at a much greater investment in your staff's well-being because they will have more time in their day to make sure that they look after themselves, uh, they get some breaks. Now, that requires disciplines. I think we've all seen their workday grow a little bit in the recent months. So um, we do have to make a conscious effort. But that whole aspect of well-being is just as much part of sustainability mm. as you know, looking after the environment is. It's, it's about the whole package. It isn't the big challenge, though, that people think they can bolt this on, that these little sustainable ideas can be attached on, almost like a policy on whether or not we use one type of toilet paper or another. And and it needs a lot more of a, a seismic shift in our thinking uh, for a business to become truly sustainable. It has to be embedded at the heart of every single decision-making process. Yeah, which is why it's really important to not just have a, sustain, have a strategy or an approach, but to embed it in what you do. So, you know, 10 years ago, some of the leading companies on sustainability had a completely separate wing of their business that was dealing with sustainability, but it wasn't yet core to their operations. Now, the leading sustainable businesses have sustainability in their business plan. They measure it alongside the profit that they're making. Um, But they're also starting to do more and more now to help their employees to understand what their role is in creating that change. So it's not enough you can't achieve your sustainable outcomes if people working in accounts and HR and marketing and manufacturing don't know what their role is in delivering those sustainable outcomes. So a good deal of our work at the moment is working with clients around 
um, engaging, educating and empowering their employees to be part of this change. And there's great demand for that from within the employees themselves, um, particularly from younger employees, but not limited to younger employees. Um, really wanting to be proud of working for an organization that, that's committed to and demonstrably uh, contributing to uh, a more sustainable world. Well, I genuinely think that it's going to be a very busy period ahead for you. And I can understand why you were named Network Ireland Cork Businesswoman of the Year. Tara, we wish you and your colleagues at Change by Degrees every success. And thanks so much for joining us on Red Business. Thank you, Jonathan. Have a great day. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. A business that I didn't realise had its origins in Ireland here in Cork, but it was founded in the city in 1987 and has just announced plans to create 150 new jobs over the course of the next five years. The company in question is Hidden Hearing, and I'm joined by Dolores Madden, who's the marketing director. Hello, Dolores. How are you? Hi, Jonathan. How are you? Thank you very much for having me on the show today. I didn't realise that Hidden Hearing in Ireland had its origins here in Cork. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It first established in Cork in 1987 um, and it's a company that sales have grown to over 30 million. So we're well established now, 30 years later. Um, How has the market changed in that time? I'd imagine that the same amount of people had hearing problems back then, but the treatments and I suppose the opportunity to come forward and seek help have really ramped up. Yeah, like I think for me, um, excuse me, I'm in the business um, since 1989. And for one thing that hasn't changed is that people don't put hearing on their health agenda. So we're always having to highlight the fact of, you know, that it's very important to look after your hearing. So that hasn't changed for me. But I think what has changed then is the advancement in technology. So they're no longer like bananas over your ears. They're very discreet. They're invisible. Um, they connect to your mobile phone. They can turn it on and off the television. You know, they're they're really advanced when it comes mm. to technology. And, and, and they're not they're not clunky because that was what people always feared they would be that they'd be very obvious. And that's why a lot of people were put off. They'd prefer to struggle to hear you uh, than be seen with something hanging off their ear. Yeah, you're 100% right. I mean, the perception of hearing aids is that there is a stigma attached to them. But I think, and they were they were a bigger device many, many years ago, but now they're really, really cosmetically acceptable. Um, mm. And they fit nicely into your ear or on the top of your ear. So all that side of it has disappeared. Well, you're definitely doing something right because your sales grew to about 30 million euro last year. You have eight clinics in Cork and, and you have these new jobs coming on stream over the next five years. What is giving you such confidence that the growth is there to meet that investment? Well, I suppose, you know, we've a very good management team in the sense that we started in the business back in the 1990s and we're owned by a Danish company. So we, you know, we have the best technology um, but I think our business model is very much um, geared around customer care. So we, we deliver a real high kind of um, expectations for our customers. And we make sure that if they come and they get hearing aids off us, that, you know, we, we talk to them every couple of weeks to make sure they're getting on okay with them. And that's key to the success of wearing a hearing aid. 
like a lot of people would have got hearing aids before and then they end up in the drawer because you know they wear them they need to get used to going from a hearing loss to normal level and so on so like we take them on that kind of rehabilitation journey from the minute they get the hearing aid to when they're 100 percent happy with it and and how did the pandemic fit with this agenda? Because I'm presuming audiologists need to have someone sitting in front of them to do the test properly. What Was it like opticians and other medical services? You just had to adapt accordingly and, and, and introduce protocols and safety. Yeah, like every other business, we had to we had to change the goalpost, I suppose, and react, you know, in a very stringent kind of thinking of the customer again. Um, we decided to stay open for two hours on a Tuesday and Thursday every week during the pandemic. So our own staff had to, you know, be introduced to the PPE and stuff. But um, we did that specifically because we knew that people would still have issues with their hearing aids or they needed batteries or so on. So that we opened up a customer care line specifically for that. And then also um, we did we brought in the remote hearing care so they could dial in to their computer and speak to the audiologist then online well look we wish you and the team at hidden hearing every success great to hear that it has started all here in cork delirious madden marketing director of hidden Hearing. thank you so much for talking to us on red business today thank you jonathan it's good to talk to you bye My thanks, as always, to all of my guests. Don't forget, every episode is downloadable right now from redextra.ie. Maeve Fian was the producer, and we'll catch you on the next one. Red Business. All that's best about business in court. 